Um, super excited to uh, welcome George and Hayden to LBS for Mental Health Week. I was really lucky to meet both George and Hayden um, a few months ago now. Um, we were kind of chatting about the best way that both scientists and F45 could be involved in the week. And we came up with this idea of the mental health gym, talking about fitness, and talking about mental health, and talking about working on your mental health just as you would your physical health, and trying to break down that taboo. Um, particularly in the workplace um, and just more general in, in our personal lives as well. Um, just a little bit of admin, we wanted to ask if you have any questions that you think of throughout the session um, that you don't want to ask aloud or you don't want to forget. I set up a little slideu.com thing so you can go on your phone or whatever, type in slideu.com, enter the code SF45, just type a question and at the end of the session I can see if there are any and we can ask them all. If you want to do the old-fashioned way and stick your hand up and ask a question as well, we'll leave plenty of time for questions at the end. Um, so then the best way to start is maybe chatting about how you guys met each other and maybe a bit of background about your individual businesses. Um, do you know who wants to start? Shall I go? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, so, me and George first met up to in October 2017. That's right, yeah. So, I started, I, had, I went through some of my own mental health difficulties uh, from about the age of about 22 to, to 26. Um, and I basically came up with the idea to start a podcast uh, to help inspire people going through the same age, age sort of bracket in their own 20s to find a bit of a direction, uh, start getting, being a bit more self-aware about the mental health, uh, just making them, you know, make them feel comfortable about speaking about their own journeys. So I basically started bringing together a sheet of people I wanted to speak to in physical fitness, you know, business, uh, mental health specifically. And I started going through LinkedIn and <laughs> I pinged in mental health and ping. I mean, George's face came up, Sanctus came up, and I was like, this is just everything that is, should be happening. I mean, this is just an unbelievable concept. I had to speak to these guys. So, so I kind of got a couple of podcasts on my belt. And then I eventually sort of got the courage to, to reach out to George and I think he replied in the space of a day and he was pretty excited and we... He was the first person first, first that ever asked me to go on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> I, was, um, I was buzzing, like, I was so, so buzzing because it was the first episode that really I had the courage to talk about my journey and how important this whole, you know, mental health topic is. Uh, so yeah, we, we met and uh, I was running an ultramarathon a week later. I asked for a Sanctus t-shirt to wear as I crossed the finish line because I was running it for a mental health charity. Um, and I, yeah, I crossed the finish line and, and took a picture of it and that's kind of how our friendship started really. Yeah, that was the first podcast I, I went on. So um, I think at that point Sanctus had been going for I don't know, six, six months? I want to say yeah, probably yeah. maybe a year yeah. and it hadn't been real for too long. Maybe a year, yeah. Um, but thanks, we're on a mission to completely change the perception of mental health. We're trying to build like the, the Nike or the Adidas of mental, mental health and fitness. We feel like, um, yeah, we've always said, why isn't there a gym on the high street where you can go and work on your mental health just like you do your physical health? Um, and we've been on that mission for three and about three and a half years now and it was founded from me and James, who's my best mate and co-founder of Sanctus. Um, long story short, we dropped out of uni a few years ago now to start an app, um, long story short, that business. Running that business wasn't good for our own mental health. We, I'm sure we'll go into it, but 
yeah, we did a lot of things wrong, and I think on the outside, I think people thought we were smashing it and doing really well with this app because uh, we were growing month on month and doing really well. But actually, on the inside, we we're both going through a lot, as everyone does at work and running a business or whatever we're all doing. We never really talked about that, and eventually, that came out of us um, when we stopped that company. Um, and yes, yeah, since then, the way Sanctus started was we started talking about our own mental health, just like Hayden was saying, James especially. Um, on his blog, talking about how he was feeling, and just thousands of people were like, keep doing that. Um, and we realized that it was something that we were passionate about, and we wanted to talk about more. And so since then, we've been on this kind of mission to, yeah, build the Nike of, of mental health, and one day, hopefully, put the first mental health gym on the high street. Um, yeah, and me and Hayden's been a big part of that, actually. <laughs> think, yeah, when we first met, we did the podcast, and we talked. Um, but actually, last year, Hayden set up at 45 his, his physical gym. And actually, my physical health was a big part of my, everybody's mental health. I was actually struggling a little, a little bit last year. I didn't realize it. And you invited me to the gym to work on my, my physical health. It actually got me back to sort of my, my, my usual self. I didn't realize how big that part played in my life. So again, like Hayden was a big part of that as well, mate. So. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of leads into my next question, I guess, which is how your mental health journey is tied in with the initial inception of your business idea. So I'd be interested to know, Hayden, whether you're obviously into fitness before you got into F45, and how do you kind of tie mental health in with that side of your career? So I know you've got the inspiration space, and then you've got the gym as well. Yeah, I mean, I just think too got they're all techy things, physical things, physical fitness and men, uh, mental fitness, yeah. it just, to me, like, I just, I don't even really cross over anymore, in all honesty, I mean, I was always obsessed with physical fitness from a young age, I mean, I was an overweight child, and I kind of thought that, and I always knew that physical fitness made me happy, um, I was a first trainer for two years, but actually, in that time, it was probably the loneliest and then the worst I have ever been. My, my mental health was at its low point. And I didn't really, it was the first time I didn't really understand. I was like, well, I'm doing what I love, you know, I'm doing what I love. So this should make me feel happy. But my mental health was an all time low. Um, so I actually left, I actually left uh, fitness, physical fitness sector. I went to go work in uh, theatre marketing, that's where my parents' background from. And it's actually when I came across, I was always kind of wanting to get back into it, but I didn't know how. I just didn't know how. And actually when I came across N45, which is a fitness franchise, um, I fell in love with it again. And it, and it suddenly, after one to two sessions, I was happy again. I wasn't happy in the, the marketing job that I was doing. I thought maybe it was because of the physical fitness. I wasn't involved with it anymore, but what it was when I went into, the, into an F45, and something that I would encourage anyone to do. Um, there's so much to that concept which is special and contributes to people's overall positive mental health. You're part of a community, uh, you're part of um, an environment that allows you to really get the most out of yourself. And that's when I really started to think into you know, what is it actually down here that is not just physical fitness, but what other, actual, what other parts of that concept can allow you to feel well-rounded. Um, and a lot of that has to do with sort of purpose and surrounding yourself with people that 
kind of have similar beliefs and feelings to you. Um, I mean, there's tons of other things, but yeah, that's really uh, how I kind of think uh, as a mental, you know, mental health and physical health uh, crossover. I guess that ties in with what you were saying, George, about how when you first met Amy, went down to F45, that was at a time when you were feeling pretty low. Um, do you want to expand on that? Was that to do with work or was that kind of um, I just think, so when we started the first, like, it was an app at uni and we just started it and we just, we'd watch Social Network and read TechCrunch and we were like, that's it, you just start an app, you'd make you do what Zuckerberg did and you sell it and you'll be happy. <laughs> Genuinely, that was what we thought was how you do life. Um, and similar to you, like we had the things on the wall that, uh, the things that I thought would make it happy, you know, like um, an office with my logo on the wall, people, you know, a team, invest, loads of investment, lots of money. And but it wasn't, we weren't being real, we weren't being who we are, we weren't being, I wasn't being me. Um, but being the, the, the front businessman, I thought you had to be. Um, and the longer I did that, the, the more, the sort of, there's just a real gap, a real void between who I really was and how I was showing up. And that's sort of how it got so bad for me, I feel, for both of us. And when I think, and I think that's a constant battle, I think in life, like, even though um, scientists we never tried to start, it's like a business or a thing, it just sort of came out of us and we kept talking about it and um, we never tried to turn it into something, it just did. Um, but even now, as we're running Sanctus as a, as a company, as a brand, as a thing, every day, every week, we're con you have to really remind yourself to, to work on yourself and be yourself. And it is hard. Yeah. So I think sometimes, even though we work in mental health, people expect or think that me and James have got like mental health 10. <laughs> 10, out of, 10 out of 10 score all the time. And sometimes you can trick yourself. I should, I'm like, yeah, I should be, because I should be super self-aware. and I should know myself because I work in this space. Actually, last year, when I think about my year, it, it's a really new company. Mm -hmm. Never done a lot of the things I've done before, before or whatever. So it's for the first time, and it's really hard. Mm -hmm. So I've got to be honest with myself about that. Mm -hmm. And last year, I was like that. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, times are really hard, and actually, things like working on my physical health um, and doing other things actually really helped me to stay true to who I am. So, yeah, I think, and even now, like, this year has been the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I mean, um, this one other question I had as well, and you talk about kind of the fact that you, were, you had this disconnect in your first business between who you really were and who you were showing up as to work. Um, and I guess my question is, how, how did you initially open up that kind of inner conversation with yourself? I mean, this is to both of you. Like, when you first have that moment where you're like, I need to address this, you have kind of, I don't know, you have a light bulb moment or whether it be you gradually. And then more widely, how do you open up a conversation with those around you about mental health um, and what are the challenges? I, I think the disconnect thing. Mm -hmm. I think when I think back to, to the years when I really was far away from myself, my gut knew that. I, like, I really knew that. But my head, so my heart was like, this isn't usual. My head was like, yeah, but this is what you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. this, you have to be like that. And I taught myself out of those feelings and emotions, mm -hmm. push them down for so long. Um, and the way I talked about it, which is your question, was crisis point basically. Oh. Um, James especially, like James had an anxiety attack and had to talk about it because it mm -hmm. came out of him. So he had to be like, mate, I've just had a, like a panic attack on the tube thing. And I was like, it actually said a heart attack. Oh. And I was like, mate, you can't until you're 25, you're 30, you're young, like surely not. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. 
I'll go home, have a cup of tea, and find like, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll be fine, sort of thing. And then, then it happened again. So actually, we were almost forced to talk about it because mm -hmm. it came out of us. Um, and yeah, so sometimes, you know, I've got a younger brother, and sometimes I try and like educate him to try and help him sort of see the things that I've been through. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think maybe. Um, would I know those things about myself if I hadn't already been through them? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but it does, being around people, I think at that time as well, sorry, I'm going from here. No, um, no. I didn't have role models around me, other business people that I could look to who, who showed any level of vulnerability or any level of like, they also felt like. Mm -hmm. I'd go into the office, shared working spaces or other offices, everyone had this front of like, we're all smashing it. So I just also kept that on as well, like, so am I. Um, so I did have a role model to look to who was like, actually, do you know what? This is, this is back in 2012, 2013. So I think if that had been a bit more normal, yeah. I'd probably be like, I'm also feeling like that. Um, so, so true, I mean, like, I agree with that. I mean, I just, that makes me think, like, in the, even the space of two or three years, how far it's come. Like, I think when I was <laughs> um, like, it's been like two or three years. I remember my crisis point was when I literally got to the point where I've gone 12 rounds of myself every single day for nearly a year and a half, and I just was speechless. And I think at the time, I think what drove me to that was success should be your own, you should have your own definition of success. I think that's also something that changes with time as well, and I think it's having a growth mindset having a growth mindset towards a lot of things, but specifically what your idea of success is. My idea of success was, at the time, was comparing myself to what my mates were doing who were working in the city and they were doing these, and that they seemed to be so happy doing it and making money and all these kind of things, and I, I wasn't living that life. So, because I was comparing, that was my idea of success, is to be earning 60, 70K at the age of 24, I was, you know, massively behind the pace. I was have fallen back. So go 12 rounds with yourself every day at that age, when you're not mentally astute enough or you have the self-awareness, is one of the hardest things you, like, that can happen. So to take to the point where I physically couldn't speak to my own parents, I was literally in a heap on the couch in my suit, you know, when I was in a 25k job, not even enjoying it. You know, like George said, not at that time, I just don't feel like there was anyone even talking about it. Like, I don't feel like it was even a thing. I think like, even though it was, didn't seem that long ago, how far it's come, I feel like there, there are people around that are just communicate better in the workspace. And I think being able to communicate, you know, anything and everything about your kind of mental state and, and, and how you're actually feeling and how certain situations make you feel, make everything more aligned, smoother, and, and that rollover effect isn't there. Like, you know, people taking days off work because they just simply don't want to be in the workspace or, you know, they'd actually hit rock bottom and they're taking, you know, X amount of time off work. They're literally just simply miserable. Um, I feel like it's just come so far in the space of two, three years. Well, I mean, you work in workspaces more than I do, but definitely in the workspace that I'm involved in now. You know, I, just, I encourage people to communicate and talk to me and, you know, how can we make this better? How's this working for you? You know, is there anything that you're struggling with? Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. That can that can save you a lot of time and money and take your business or you as a person to a level that you probably didn't think you could. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I think that's so true. I think that 
the idea of being the champion in your own business, the people you speak to in everyday life, of being, I mean, I'm vulnerable, and you can, like, you don't have to, but the conversation starts off there, like you need to be. Um, so I guess, like, the next thing, um, I mean, leading really, really nicely into um, what you do at Sanctus, George, which is when going into very corporate, often very corporate work environments, and, um, and helping people there do exactly what we've been talking about that's um, in through since 2012, 2013, which is people talking about this more in the workplace. Um, and what would you say, like, I know you work with some big names, and some of them, I mean, are in the city where kind of we have friends earning all this fabulous money and seemingly having these fabulous lives. And what, I mean, can you tell us about some of the challenges that you've had? Yeah. Working with those um, So I think because obviously, um, back in the day we had, and we still do, this vision for the gym. People were asking us, when are you going to set up this Sanctus gym? And we had no idea what it was. <laughs> it was more of an analogy and a vision of that's the day the perception changed. Um, but back in the day, we started Sanctus sessions, which are these kind of confidential, it was a bit like Fight Club. It was like, let's talk about in this space, stays in this space, safe, confidential, impartial space, in, in Shoreditch, where we're based. People would come in and um, just talk about anything. It was like, because we weren't a colleague, partner, friend. People were just, it was you know, a range of different things. Um, and we realised people really valued having a space where they could just turn up and be their real selves and bring whatever's going on in their life right now. And we've, all, we've still got the consumer, our, we still want to be a consumer brand, but actually what happened was people that came to the space went to work the next day. And then they came back and said, could you bring the gym to the office? Like, there's 150 of us at the office. Could you help us talk about this thing that we're talking about in here and also bring the gym to the office? So we saw that as actually spent all of our time at work. Um, if we can change the conversation there and create the space there, and businesses especially can all subsidise the gym for now while we're getting that sort of sanks off the ground, that'd be a great place to start. And actually what happened was once we started to do that, we realised how um, impactful it was, uh, not, on an, not just on an individual level, but also on the cultural level of like a workplace and a business. So for the last two or three years, we've just been super focused on, okay, let's tackle the workplace first before we have, try and do these bigger aspirations. Um, and it's been amazing to see, I think in the early days, we thought, because um, I think a couple of our first partners were like tech companies, so we thought, oh, maybe it's just a tech startup problem. Um, then we signed a recruitment company, then we signed, and actually we realized it's just, we, we work from the BBC and Just Eat through to a small kind of eight person business where everyone in the company has a sense of session every month. Um, and yeah, it's just live stuff. Like a thousand people a month booking in for a sanctus session across those businesses. Yes, each business has its slight different tensions and different way of working and different leaders who are nasty leaders and some like leaders are caring leaders and some workplaces are consumer focused and they have them. Everyone is very unique, but I think the things that people are working on and talking about um, human things, you know, life things, relationships, can't afford rent, um, not feeling fulfilled. And yes, there are also, people are also bringing very difficult things to the same space mm -hmm. as well because they have another, another space to be able to even share a feeling of like, I'm really struggling. Yeah. They've got no other space uh, to be able to even just vocalise that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and what's, what's weird for us is like, by, rather than owning the gym and the experience, um, we're placing it into a different environment and we can't really control that. So even though our message we try and keep consistent and the, the space is very consistent, 
if people are judgmental in the office, if there's one person who, if I want to book in for a sanctus session and that person judges me for doing that, I probably won't book in again. And it's very difficult for us to impact that yeah. um, on an individual level unless that person works on themselves and, and changes their view on it. Mm -hmm. So that's a cultural mm -hmm. um, issue that I think we have around judgment and the stigma around working on yourself and working on your mental health. Um, um, yeah, staying in the picture of like the mental health gym. You know, I mean, if you go to a physical gym, you know, I do that exercise to train that muscle. <laughs> I do another exercise yeah, to train yeah. muscle. So, how does it work with the mental health? Mm. Do you also have certain techniques or exercises, so to say, that you apply mm. first of all, or that you recommend to people first of all to work on their own mental health, mm. and then also to reach your goal that people actually talk maybe within the community about their mental health. Yeah, yeah. So I think the gym right now is a Sanctus coach, a really highly experienced, qualified practitioner um, who is equipped and qualified to sort of hold the space for you. So you walk into the Sanctus space, the Sanctus gym, and talk to a professional about where you're at in your life. And that, that's the name, it's a sanctuary. It's a safe place where um, you can work on yourself and talk through where you're at. That is, the, that is what we see as the gym when we launch on the high street. It will still be, whether it's one-to-one, -one, whether it's group, you might not need a professional, you might be able to do it. Um, and that will be the core of what we do, I think, forever. Human connection, um, really working yourself, talking through where you're at. I think that will forever be um, something that people, I think if you look at therapy, coaching, counseling, it's existed for years and years and years. We haven't really created something new as, as such. It's, we've, we've just, we're just trying to create safety and trust in a space where there isn't much right now um, and trying to create a brand where people feel safe when they walk in the door and they know there's a certain level of quality, they know there's a certain level of um, support and structure to it. So, um, and maybe on top of that there might be flotation tanks, there might be know, yoga, there might be a coffee shop, but the core of it will be a human connection and, and people um, working on themselves, I think. <laughs> That's what it is right now. <laughs> That's a great question, Max. And I think, like, um, I was going to ask both of you actually, what kind of methods, exercises you mentioned, coaching, um, therapy, all these different this vocabulary that are thrown around about kind of helping your own mental health, and what methods have you used, or um, challenges you've come across in terms of finding methods to, to do this, to work on your mental health as you would do your physical health. Funny, I've done, a, I've done a podcast recently with someone called Vanessa <coughs> Morton, and she's um, she's a psy she's a psychologist, mm -hmm. psychologist, psychologist, yeah, psychologist, and she um, she actually talks about she doesn't refer to it as mental health necessarily. She talks about she talks about it. She she refers to it as the equilibrium of psychological well being, and at one end you have mental ill health. And on one end, you've got psychological fitness. So psychological fitness being, you're really feeling in a good place, you're happy. Um, mental health, obviously, being down, like, really in a bad way. Depression, anxiety, whatever, maybe. And she says that in order to maintain it up here, because, as you all well know, like, trust me, I, I mean, I still to this day, I have days where I'm, I don't even want to get out of bed. Sometimes, you know, rarely than I used to. It's an up and down journey, and in order to stay here as much as you can, there's 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 loads of different areas you need to work on. It's not it's not a case of oh, 
like people that say, oh, I simply do meditation, and that is the only thing that keeps me together. Don't worry about that. There's so many, there's loads of different areas. I can't remember off the top of my head that you need to um, keep working on to keep you at a level where you're functioning in a happy place. Mm -hmm. So whether that be sleep, you know, physical fitness, nutrition, um, downtime, you know, simple, I mean, that's the thing that sorts me out more than anything in the world. But what she said that was brilliant about it is that if you simply focus on one of these areas or two of these areas, just overload those areas, you may not necessarily be in a good place. It's about having, you know, it's about kind of working on each and getting getting a good amount of all these so that you're, that you're, so that you are in a, in a good place. I kind of, is that, is that answering your question? Like, in a way. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of, like, if anyone comes to me now in the gym, I mean, you know, and I know, look, I mean, I think one of, the, one of the best things about going through my own mental health battle, I'm sure George will say exactly the same, is that you have a level of self-awareness and you could almost, I can see somebody coming through the door at six in the morning and I, can not, I know that they are not in a good headspace. I think that's one of the best things that's ever come. I have enough self-awareness, I can read body language, I can, I can see that somebody's thinking, even if someone is, you know, smiley, 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 and da, 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 I can see straight through it because I was that person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the first thing. I'll sit, I will literally sit, sit these people down and I'll say, what's going on? Like, what's going on? And then I can suddenly start to unpick and I can see that they're not getting enough sleep, they're so stressful work, they can't function, you know. Mm. Or whatever it may, yeah. may be. And that is that is the way I always start. And it always starts with communication firstly, mm. and then it's looking into your how you're living your life and what areas can we work on to, to, to better you. Remember in your last episode when you said about going to a coach with your Yeah, I mean, like, it's ridiculous. Everyone laughs me, but that's because, you know, that they're not willing to, to take the time or, you know, the personal responsibility to make, to, to really go the extra mile to make themselves happy. And yeah, I mean, I go to the dog once every six weeks. I go to the dog. I go to the, <laughs> I go to the beach. I've got a house on the beach, you know, once every six weeks with my dog. I don't speak to anyone for two and a half days unless I pick up the phone. Um, and that's what's me out. That and that is something that to you for you is um, really important for you. And I think yeah, and uh, I, I always get asked this question of what things can I do? Yeah. What people are looking for like two or three quick tips yeah. that I can do, take away, and I'll be good. Yeah. And it's I just don't think it's different for everybody because what works for you will won't work for for somebody else. Like what what is really good for me isn't the same for my brother or my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, what I've had to do, it, it's for me, it's been self-awareness. It's been like really understanding who I am, and I've, I've needed like professional help. <laughs> I've needed a coach, needed a therapist to be able to go to places where I've talked about what it is that makes me feel good and what it is that doesn't, essentially, um, and exploring them to a point where I'm like, oh, that's why I feel so low when I don't have these things in my life. This is why I feel so good when I do have these, and then I have to actually work at keeping those things in my life. Just like people look for quick tips just to, to, get, to get six pack, and yeah. they're, 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 they're <laughs> it's exactly the same. There are some levels. It's, it's low calorie, calorie deficit, da, da, da. but actually doing that yeah. is work. It's work. It's work. And uh, genuinely, with with your own mental health and your own self awareness, like getting self awareness doesn't just come like that. You have to work at that um, through experience and through 
going inwards, being brave and naming things that you know within you are part of you and you have to name them and be brave to step into them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just always, with that question of like... Yeah, but it's yeah. always an interesting response because I knew you were yeah. thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard in your early 20s. Because mm. you haven't got a fucking clue, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, you have no idea. Like, you, you, you think you're going to get out of uni, it's all good. there's one way of doing everything, you know? Let's it'll all slip into place. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work like that. You need time. Everyone's in such a rush. I need to get to that 80 grand job. I need to be first to do this. I need to be CEO. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You need to figure yourself out. And that's why you, if, you, if I could put one skill into a lot of people, it would be just slow down. You know? mm-hmm. Just try and learn better, like you said. Try and understand yourself. Is there a question? Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question, yeah. We, we talk about the importance of fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, Helping with mental health, but some people would argue today, you know, we live in the era of social media and the fitness industry is really huge for the likes of Instagram, for instance. So you see all those kind of perfect six pack abs and I don't know what, and there's a lot of pressure in terms of meeting those expectations, and the fitness industry itself sometimes creates that um, pressure. Um, so I, I honestly, I get into a lot of trouble for this. <laughs> I, um, I'm involved in an industry that is dominated by social media. And it is potentially, it's the most dangerous thing. It's the most dangerous thing for it. I'm hoping that it comes full circle quicker than people are saying. The people start to see through this. Because all these people on social media that have six packs and they claim to have this, you know, perfect life, it's not true. Um, you know them. I know these people. Yeah. I'm around them every single day. I am actually, you know, I'm trying to grow this podcast. But the only reason, I'm telling that, the only reason I have Instagram is to try and grow my social media mm-hmm. presence. So enough to scan people to the podcast. And also at the same time, you know, try and force a message that fitness has to be enjoyed. Okay? If it wasn't for those things, I wouldn't have it. Because I know people that have got these massive profiles, apart from one or two who, you know, I actually think are doing the fitness industry are really good. You know, they're, they're doing it good. I don't know if you come across the likes of James Smith or Darren Cartel, all these people. You know, they're, they're doing it a favour. James doesn't have a six pack. You know, <laughs> he'll be the first to admit it. But he's promoting the right messages. He's simplifying everything down. You know, there's not a magic pill. You know, there's not a fat burner that's going to sort you out. It's not, you know, it doesn't exist. Just like we've talked about mental health and, and physical health before, there's, not, there's no, not one or two quick tips. But you're right. Like, it is a very, very dangerous thing. My opinion on it, I hopefully have reviewed that. Um, and, you know, I get some people coming to, to messaging me on Instagram saying, I don't think you're doing enough in, um, social media influencers down at your gym. You know, it's such a good. So, uh, honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to voice my true opinion. We are not built. Our, my gym, my gym is doing this. It's doing well. You know, we're up to. We're actually full of members now. We can't take on any more members. And I'm telling you now, we haven't done it off the back of any social media influence. We've done it because we care about people. 
We want them to move forward with their lives. We want them to improve. We run a slick business and we work our asses off. You know, I haven't paid anyone to come into the gym and promote it on their social media. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not working out is one thing, having the perfect body, like a 7% body fat, I don't know what, it's another thing. And it's kind of what, you know, the, the, the audience and the people, like, how that affects them in terms of, you know, their mental It puts huge pressure on them. Yeah. yeah. It puts huge pressure on them. That's what it does. Um, and it's my job to, to bring them back and tell them that this isn't real. Yeah. The reason I'm saying about these people, they will come down to the gym and they do not look how they look on Instagram. They just don't. So it's my job when I have to body scan someone and take photos of someone who is, is to, they're like, oh, but I just want to look like this person. And this. I'm like, okay, firstly, they don't look like that. Two, you need to focus on you. You need to focus on getting better every day. It's not good, and I, and I try and actually, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy ride because nothing ever is, you know, nothing ever is. You know, if you want to get into better shape, then you're going to have to work hard. But you need to focus on you and what you can control, and that be exercising hard, sleeping well, and, you know, eating the, the right things 80% of the time. Yeah. I think it's authenticity as well. It's such a, it's such a, like I'm craving some of these people that look perfect online to be actually real on their on their profile. I think this is when we first got on when we first met because Hayden actually was and I was shocked because it was the first fitness person I met who actually was being really genuine genuinely. Um, and it's still the same in the business world. I still I still meet business owners who tell me it's all good all the time. I'm like, yeah, it, it's a real challenge because I think it's there's a, there's a fear of showing a weakness that could then affect their business. Their business is driven by influencing people who then buy their, their fitness pack that, that you can get in the shape that I can, so it actually drives it. Um, businesses think the same. But I want to prove, I think, again, I, I want to prove through Sanctus that you can be yourself and it's still good for business and you still do well. Even if I've got a podcast where I'm crying on it and saying I don't know how to lead people, I don't know how to manage people, I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. Trying to, trying to show that that exists in business and that it can exist in fitness. And I think there needs to be role models in the fitness industry just like there, there is in others. And there's not many. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to come back that way. Yeah. And I think it started, actually. Yeah. I actually think it's slowly starting. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it is in three or four years' time. Can I just address one thing really quickly, Matt? Um, just talk about, you both just mentioned your um, podcast, which um, I thought we could chat a little bit more about. So, Jordan, I know you do the Talking Business podcast, which I really recommend. It's like three, four minutes, just your voice notes of how you're feeling every day. Um, and really promotes the idea of authenticity in business. And I know Hayden, literally every episode of the Inspiration Space, I mean, that's cheesy, but it's very inspiring because of how authentic the discussion is. And I'd just be interested to know like, what the response, like what responses you've had to those podcasts. Um, any specific examples of the people? Kind of which conversations opened up for you? It's funny, it's funny. Um, you know, overall, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. By the way, I just want to say, 
two different colours. Mm. It's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it really is. It's, I listen to that. It's so weird that you think that because honestly, all I do is. <laughs> Nobody's true. It's it is so true. It's, like, yeah. it's not even meant to be a podcast. I, ba- I, ba- I basically, a lot of the time, will voice note, um, send like WhatsApp voice notes to my mum and dad and to the team. Great work on that guy. We're really shooting on this guy. It's just my way of communicating. I'm not that good at it, so I'm good at voice notes. And then I just thought, I should. I can't remember. I was like, I might upload that just to see if people. Um, and just to prove to myself, like, it's because I wanted to be authentic in the real world, and I was like, wanted to prove to myself that I can, and the business wouldn't shut down. Yeah. I wanted to be like really real and put it out there, and if people listen, just prove that it worked. And then, yeah, I'm almost doing it for myself now. I just upload those. I'll just have a thought, upload it, and then it's gone. And like, loads of people listen to that. Um, and I'm on, I'm doing them mainly for myself. It's like an online journal, a daily journal of like what I'm thinking, what what I'm feeling mainly. Um, I'm doing it for myself because I can listen back to them. I can. It helps me articulate a thought and a feeling <coughs> rather than writing it down. I just said, "This is what's going on." I don't know why. Um, so yeah, and other people seem to get value out of it because they basically say, "I feel like that," but no one ever says that that mm-hmm. thing that you just said. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I just kept doing it. <coughs> yeah, I mean, you learn a lot from. I, I learn a lot. I learn a lot from those. Mm-hmm. I think in, in regards to mine, I think um, I actually think the ones that have got. Not as many downloads. I've had some of them have mad download rates, and they are brilliant. They are great. I mean, they're, they're funny. Like, really good well, yeah, it's funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's those ones that haven't got anywhere near as many downloads mm. that I actually potentially think have got the most value. Mm. Like the ones I do with George, like they've got good upload rates, um, but then it's not where I think they should be because the amount of value that you get out of these. So I would wish would be further, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm determined to keep plugging away. Yeah. That's why I'm determined to keep plugging away because those are the ones that really should be listened to because, because that that is what is actually going to inspire a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's what you're doing. Just nutritionists now who are trying to become that kind of celeb and actually tell the truth and be like don't listen to this stuff because these people aren't qualified and they don't know what they're talking about and it's very dangerous and I do think that backlash is already starting um, and it will feed into so many different areas I work out quite a lot and go to the gym quite regularly and but and then people even here at LBS gym they ask me, okay, can you give me some tips? Can you help me to look like this? Or or whatever, or you should post your workouts on Instagram and whatever. And I'm happy to always help them, but I always tell them I look like this and I work out like this because I love doing it and not because I would or I want to look like anybody else. Because then it wouldn't work. If your only motivation is to do that to look like something mm-hmm. who you are not, you will not keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's also, I think, what you said, making the, or doing the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. For me, it is a gym. For other people, it might be something completely different. And that's the only thing you should really go after. And even with this whole workout and fitness industry and whatever, if you feel this workout is nothing for me, I don't want to do that. And 
don't do it. And if you have another sport that makes you happy, then go for it. Right? That's always what I what I tell people when they ask me at the gym, why are you working out five times a week or whatever? Because it makes me happy. That's the only reason. That's so true. When I was younger, because I, I had such a low level of self-awareness, I just didn't know that. So I, I did that. I'd go to the gym because I'd look at others and be like, oh, if I do that, then I'll be whatever. But I think over time, just, you change your goals because you understand what it is that makes you happy. Yeah, it's actually the main thing I dress when anyone comes into the gym. That I actually don't try and sell them the membership. I try and understand why they're coming in. <clears throat> and it's trying to actually get people to say, you know, why, you know, why are you doing this? If you come in and see about shape, okay, great. But... I want you to actually enjoy your fitness. Like, if you, if, if, I, I want, I want to have a community of people that are in there because they enjoy the concept. And yeah, in the, in the process of that, you are getting in better shape. But I think it's, yeah, I think it's, people should want to, to, to enjoy it. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing, you know, fitness, whatever it may be, you know. But, you know, weightlifting, powerlifting, you know, Functional fitness, running, whatever it, you know, you just got to suss out. The importance of physical fitness is, you can't argue it, but it's just finding what, you know, so that's what I'm going to say, you know, if somebody's coming in here, I'm going to find out if it's right for them. So that's trying to understand their why. Yeah, I want to understand their why. So, you know, if, if this you're is doing a coaching session, yeah. <laughs> you're doing a safety session. Yeah, you're doing a coaching session, yeah, yeah. basically. It's, 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 yeah, it's the same. So it's so like, that really reminds me of a conversation we had, George, when I first met you about um, businesses coming to Sanctus and asking, can Sanctus come into the business? And you having to suss out whether Sanctus was right for the business and the business was approaching Sanctus for the right reasons. I was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah almost. So not bending against our yeah. values to sell, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah we've, I think to us, because the last business, we ran it so against who we were that it got to the point where with this, with Santa's, it's like, we are going to run this to the point, to, to who we are, to the point where we might say no to business. We, we will, we have done, said no to loads of businesses and loads of money and loads of revenue that we could have made because it wasn't, it was against what we stood for, against who we are, didn't align with what we want to do. And, you know, at first I felt really just weird, but it felt right. And it plays out because you, um, you know, rather than just doing anything you can to, to sign a business or to work with them, you say what you stand for. I remember when we started, when we started with Red Bull, we, all we talked about for like an hour was our values. And then it was like, oh, my values are quite And with BBC it was the same. We, and, and I remember they asked us, how would you scale Sanctus to 4,000 people? And I was like, I don't know. There's four of us in the four of us full time at the minute. Mm-hmm. We've got ten coaches. We'd, you'd be our biggest customer by a mile. Mm-hmm. We'd figure that out. And on the spot, they wanted to work with us. And there was no bullshit. There was no. Um, I didn't need to bend. You know, I didn't need to. That, that was the moment where I could have faked it and been like, "Oh, well, we know exactly how to scale to a business." Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many times when a business asks you to do something, and you could go, "Yes, we'll do that." Mm-hmm. Um, but we did that so many times with the last company mm-hmm. that it broke us to the point where we were like, that's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time we're yeah, leaving a lot on the table, but it feels so right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, my final question was really about, I mean, exactly what you were saying about convincing people, I mean, and you were saying about this before, Hayden, about making mental health sexy. 
and making it as sexy as physical health and something that people would be willing to pay for to have a picture profession. Um, if you wanted to make it an extremely profitable business. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but if, yeah, if you're, if you're getting people to have that buy-in into yeah. mental health, and I was just wondering, in your own businesses and in the businesses that you go to, how do you convince this people of the financial, the financial bottom line of mental health. How, how, how do you see that going in the future? Do you think there is going to be a point where businesses everywhere have to realise that this is something that ultimately is going to benefit them in all sorts of ways? Our, our tagline, well, what we used to say at the very start was like, we're making mental health cool. And I don't know, there's parts of mental health that isn't cool. There's, you know, there's, there's a broad spectrum and there's parts of it that are really very serious and not cool. Um, but I think just the way we talk about it, we want it to be normal. And, and there are parts of it that should be aspirational, but just like mm -hmm. physical health to be, you know, there's people I'm, I'm starting to meet that I see how self-aware they are. And I'm like, oh my God, <coughs> that, it comes with, rather than biceps, I'm like, your self-awareness is so like, it's amazing. I want that. And that on an, I don't think it's a business level, I think it's an mm -hmm. individual level. Mm -hmm. um, because when James is struggling with anxiety attacks, Genuinely, I, it's bad, but I didn't, couldn't associate with that. I hadn't really, hadn't had one. So I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't connect to it. I didn't, I felt like it was contagious. So I was like, you know, I'm here for you, mate. But, um, and actually what got me in really sort of excited and interested was when he started talking about it, working on it. I saw James sort of go from where he was to himself, but then he almost upgraded. He was like more empathetic. He listened more. I was like, what has James been doing that I haven't been, that suddenly I'm seeing this like 2.0? <laughs> and I, that's when I wanted it. And I think that's what has to happen on an individual level with mental health. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see it in individuals and what we see in businesses when Sanctus goes in, there's always the cynics and the skeptics at the back who are like, I'm never gonna talk about that, get to that. And we hear stories of a friend will go and they'll sit down and be like, mate, that Sanctus thing was decent. What are we gonna say? And that's what it is, like somebody being open about the fact that they're working on themselves. They don't need to talk about what they talked about, what they worked on, they don't need to talk about where they're at. All they said is, I'm working on myself. It's pretty good. Thanks, you know, maybe try it. That's enough, because James did that, it, it inspired me. And I think just talking about the fact that you're seeing professional, or you, see, you need support, or I think the more normal that can be, the more aspirational it will become. That's my answer. Okay, so any thoughts on the future of mental health? Uh, I just, I think it's exciting, really. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> it's really exciting. Um, I mean, it's come very far, I feel, over the last two, three years. Um, it's coming really into the public eye a lot more. Mm. In terms of the business aspect, you know, I have no idea where it will go. Mm. Um, definitely potential there. It's going to be the biggest industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you think yeah. how big the physical health industry yeah. has been for the last, has grown, this is, it's our minds. Because it, it goes across, it's across every business, business yeah. demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just how it, how it, yeah, I, I mean, I don't How it plays out. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> well, no, how it's done. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know. Well, what's scary is in the, in the mental health space, that like we're talking about the inauthentic, influencers that are faking it to make money, that is going to happen in the mental health space and it's going to be really dangerous, mm -hmm. even more dangerous. 
Um, which is scary, and yeah. it's going to happen. And In what so, way? They already exist. There's people out there that sell me six-week plans to, I'll change life in six weeks if you work with me. It, it already exists, but as it develops and expands, I think it will, there'll be even more proof of that, sorry. No, just on that, do you think there's also, um, do you also see a trend of it becoming cool to be like, oh yeah, I suffer from anxiety, or I have, you know, things like this, and people therefore taking it away from people that really are suffering, because especially for influencers and stuff, it seems to be the thing that they should be saying now. Um, and I personally think that that can be quite dangerous. Again, dangerous. Yeah. Like you start celebrities talking about it, it, it's the same. Yes, it's dangerous. It is. It is you being used for that reason. It's always going to be dangerous. Um, if the actual core reason for somebody doing it isn't pure, yeah. um, and that's what's scary. So, and understanding the difference between sort of being worried, which is a normal human emotion, and having anxiety, which are very different. And I think if innocently I'm, I say that, and I've got no agenda about that. I'm just like I think I'm anxious, but actually it's fine. That's yeah. fine. But if I'm using that to then sell my pack over here that does this. Yeah, I mean it already happens but it's gonna be it's gonna get really bad, mm -hmm. I think. So you see how you know, the fitness industry industry has Instagram and platforms like that mm -hmm. to kind of showcase all of this these issues. Mm -hmm. Other than something like I don't know, LinkedIn, like all of the key main business players, all the people that probably have the most influence over all of this kind of stuff would not typically be on say Instagram, like my parents don't have it's like their generation, I feel, have a big stigma against it. So, what do you think like, will be the turning point? Like, where will it happen? Because for me, I wouldn't say like, something like Instagram would help it in the way that it has with the fitness industry. Because you mentioned like James Smith and people like Chessie King, who are like, so real on their Instagrams, but if the CEO of God knows what big company, like, how do you, you don't see them. So, like, how do you think that's going to happen? I think at the minute we're the generation that's living through the change. So I'm going home to my family, and they don't know what I'm on about. I'm, I'm speaking on a different level, but it's connected. They, 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 they've been brought up in a way that's very alien for me to be talking about my feelings and stuff. But they get it. They're like, "That's stuff you're talking about." But it's really hard. It's slower. Whereas in our friendship group, it feels faster, mm -hmm. um, and probably for my younger brother, team faster. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know, like physical health, they'll. We're, we, this generation is going to live through the change, and I think the next generation it might not be as weird. But I think for the previous generation that existed without this conversation, I think it's going to be really weird. Just like it's probably going to the, the tech, technology existing and popping up. And I don't know how. <laughs> I think we just have to lead from the front. And and I, you know, my mum is starting to talk about it when I go home. Like every time I go home, she's like, "That thing." Do you know what I mean? Like it is happening. Uh, so do you think it's going to be like not until our generation are in those levels of Possibly. Business? Possibly. Um, I think there's, there are, there's, what I've seen is there are CEOs who have been working on the mental health for, for years, yeah. but it's been like, it's been on my mind. I just like to get to know them and they're like, oh, I've been a therapist for 20 years. And I'm like, have you ever talked about that? And they're like, no, because there's a stigma attached. Mm -hmm. So they have been doing it, working on it. Like, all the things that we're talking about has existed. It's just not as been as normal to talk about it. So actually, there's a load of podcasts that I like businessy ones, and they speak to them and say, "Oh, yeah, I meditate for like X amount of minutes, or mm -hmm. I have this routine, I have this structure." So I guess it's true, like, unless you have these kinds of platforms to talk about, it, like, you yeah. don't know. but you can do it 
definitely social media helps reach yeah. a lot of people, but in a business, if you're a leader and you've got a team of 10, you can still demonstrate vulnerability and still be really honest and, and, and authentic. And I think everyone can do that in their day to day, whether you're a leader or playing a sports team or go to the gym. And yeah, but it is hard. It is hard. Well, is there any more questions? Or just thoughts? Okay. I just need to I think, um, I mean, first, I have a lot of questions. Some of them you've yeah. asked yeah. in certain ways. But I just want to say, I think the work that you guys are doing is amazing. I came here probably to hear some. You know, these tips, tricks, what's going on for a minute. Um, but what I was really thinking, I mean, from the point of view of an investor, I've been thinking a lot about mental health um, because I know how important it is from a human perspective in connecting with uh, entrepreneurs, founders, and helping them to be successful. And if they're having challenges with mental health, it's going to impact their ability to perform. And, and I think, you know, listening to what you talk about mental health and fitness, and it's two things. It's like, actually, this is, this is about your life performance, mm-hmm. right? And just health, mm-hmm. when it comes together. You want to perform in your life, you want to perform at work, you want to perform at home, you want to perform in you know, relationships, you want to perform in the competitions that you do. It's, it's all about that. And, and, and I think listening to you talk and trying to answer some of these questions and some of your reflections, it's clear we are in the very early days of, mm-hmm. of this journey and the business side is like, wow, it's like, I, I just, immediately think there's so much potential for that business right. and, and it's, it's quite clear you, you have lots of ideas for it as well. It's going to take time to evolve, uh, yeah. find its way and, yeah. and be successful. Like We're you know, so but the tailwind is, is clearly there, but mm-hmm. what's it going to look like when you know, at the fall of this mm-hmm. movement starts to lift and we can see? Um, so that's one thought. Another one is uh, the social media thing is it's a reflecting, it's a reflection of culture. and. It's going, to take, it's going to show us the ugly things, mm-hmm. but also the good things and the positive, and mm-hmm. really careful with that. And uh, particularly, I think, around the room, might be the only one with children. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> you think six-pack abs and supplements are, are, are you know, there's um, a lot of bait and switch out there. Just wait until you have children, because it is hard as fuck <laughs> and, and it will destroy your mental health mm-hmm. and it will just rip you down because you don't get sleep you think everything is supposed to be it's supposed to be the most amazing happiest moment ever it's supposed to fall on empty and feel mm-hmm. something you know never felt before in your life and all you feel is just defeated like people have been lying beyond my life by having children and I can't do anything about it and then you have another one, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it, take, it, it takes you a long time to recover. Mm-hmm. And just get, get, get your sleep, take care of yourself, eat well, like, take these little things, and you know, set the claw, claw some of that back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, think about that. But the question, back to this idea of, is there a, a playbook for, you know, if you're in a business, clearly we've learned mm-hmm. that healthy employees, Mm-hmm. Uh, who eat well and go to the gym, they're not sick so much, so they're in the office more and eat more out of them. So in the business, I want to make sure that I have these programs in place. Mm-hmm. And now we have things like leave, and, sure. so that's, mm-hmm. and that's where I get back to this idea of mental health 
that's my best job when I'm thinking about how do I work with the teams um, that I've invested in, make sure that they're performing at their, at their best. Mm -hmm. I want to learn that, mm -hmm. and I've been kind of figuring, kind of doing it a little bit, yeah. and I have a coach, and I do this as well, and I sure. deploy some of those own lessons. But there has to be something, like you have to like a framework. There has to be some frameworks, there has yeah. to be some models, and then, mm -hmm. and, then, and, then, and then I want to be able to give that to the business. So yeah. it's not just me working with the founder, CEO, or two or three other people in the business, mm -hmm. but then they take that and then they deploy that across the yeah. organization. And you're in the business, mm -hmm. so I think, I think what? there's an opportunity for you to say, okay, it's great that you've got us in here doing this work, but mm -hmm. you know what, there's something that needs to change. Yeah. So then you don't Yeah, yeah, so then you don't, so you, yeah. you don't you don't you don't repair someone yes. and then send them right back out to the yeah. lines yeah. and they get mauled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they come back again. <laughs> That's true. So That's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there isn't a framework right now. I think uh, most businesses are doing it for the first time, like most leads are being honest about these things for the first time and it's filtering into the culture and as a business with us, we've got, um, yeah, we're a small team, that's where we have to practice what we preach, because <laughs> it's gone from just me and James around the table to half um, a dozen of us and, and 30 coaches, and that's growing. So we're having to, we want to build a company that's like the beacon of how you run a mentally, uh, it's not like we're, it's going to be mentally healthy, but a company that supports people's mental health in a place where people feel like they actually really can bring their full selves to work. I think that's been hard for me as a, as a leader, you know, encouraging people to actually bring their full selves to work, that actually means my number one employee is coming to me saying, I don't fancy it today, George. I'm not someone to bring my full self to work. Don't fancy it. But today. And I'm like, okay, like I've got to figure out how to, you know, that's new. I'm just used to expecting people to show their front, their, their best self, and that's easier to manage actually. And then those feelings are suppressed. So it really, I genuinely think it's really new. Um, and there isn't a framework. Some businesses are doing it really well. We're doing it our way. Um, I think it always can, what I've seen every time is it always comes from the top. If the, if the leaders actually care, actually care about their people, actually, then it will filter in. But most, it's that I see, it's it's not even in the equation. It's not even in the uh, like they say they do. They hire ahead of people, blah blah blah, but they actually don't. Uh, well, they, they, they do, but not enough for it to outweigh decisions, working hours. Like, I speak to businesses and they just say, that's the culture, that's how it is, isn't it? Like, like ad agencies, it's just how it is. And I'm like, you can say no to business if you want to, but the leaders would never say no to business because we have to make money to keep us. So a lot of the time it comes down to what do the leaders value, um, and that trickles in. So. I mean, I'm literally, I know I own one, own one gym. And we've had one staff member leave in 10 months, which I think is pretty good. But I've literally realised this year more than anything that in order to keep these, keep these people motivated on a day-to-day -day basis and turn up at 6 o'clock in the morning and some of them do work all day, keep that energy level high and keep them interested. Yeah. On something, I mean, there's a franchise model and these guys are trainers, so they don't do any of the programming. So, I've had to work out how everybody, what makes everybody tick. And I think, you know, that's a massive part, you know, in the workplace, I mean, having, enjoying your, your time at work is a massive part of mental health. Mm. Um, so that is, a, that's something that 
for me, now I've got one site, you know, I've worked very hard on keeping everybody happy, um, knowing what, you know, knowing as a trainer that you have difficult times, it's long hours and you take a lot of people's, a lot of other people, like members' emotions on board, it's a very draining experience, so I know for them, so I'm doing my own stuff, but I'm also trying to make sure that they are, you know, fired up, got fire in the belly every day. So my, my, my biggest concern with that is, I, don't, I definitely don't have a frame right now, I'm not dealing with everybody on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. Is that sustainable when I look to move on to two, three, four sites, you know? You know, can't, you can't be everywhere at once. So mm-hmm. that, it's at that point when you start to think, how do you, how do you, how do you, yeah, I mean, it's something that I do think about, like, majorly, because yeah. I, it's important to me that my staff are happy, you know, because it, you know, it, it, it makes everybody's experience a lot better. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, I wanted to finish my point because there some businesses, like Revolut, for example, you know, the um, Mervart and the Bank, they're, they're just really clear about their values. We're here to, to grow really fast and, and essentially make money and win. And that is what we are, that's what we stand for. There's some businesses that say they care about their people, they have the values on the wall, but actually in their day-to-day actions, decisions, what they do, they don't, it's clear. And I think that's, that's what's really, people feel like they've been sold something. That the biggest fear people have when they join sectors is they've seen the outside and then they come in and they find me and Jamie driving Lamborghinis and we don't actually care. They're so scared because they've been so scarred so many times. And I think if I've got friends who run a recruiting business and they are driven by money and they're really clear, anyone that joins this company, we're here for money guys and we're going to work 12 hour days. This is the culture. And the, the people that work there are actually really aligned, really focused, actually quite fulfilled because they're all driven by money. I'm really proud of him because yeah. he's like, this is it's who he is. Um, and it's, that's what, where I've seen businesses do really well is when it's really pure all the way through. The businesses aren't the ones where there's a, they say one thing and don't, and don't actually do in their decisions. So, and yeah, I think a framework is needed for the ones that do care. In line with the topic of my colleagues and children, mm-hmm. and, um, well, mental health starts from an early age, and I was just thinking, potentially looking into this, where I actually think of um, expanding to other aspects of not just corporate. And uh, I think any parent would want to make sure that their children actually, especially in this digital age, when they are very, um, I think. Depression is a big actually issue amongst my children these days, and I think that we can uh, do great things for younger generations so they, they do not face the issue later on in life. And yeah. it can be actually very, uh, very good speaker for you too. I, I love like both my parents are teachers, and I've got even brothers and sisters, but yeah, uh, I think it's so big that we, at one point, we we're trying to do too many things, and actually, we really want to be here in 50 years, genuinely. So it's like, let's tackle one thing that is at arm's reach now, do it really well and build out what we can do to then really serve universities and schools and do, and do more. Um, but yeah, 100%. It's heartbreaking actually, the statistics mm-hmm. of depression mm-hmm. amongst young teenagers, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, really. It definitely needs to be getting more and more prevalent, I realize, even since I left school, looking back, 
at my school's social media this week promoting Mental Health Awareness Week. It wasn't there. Like, reality doesn't continue. It's just, like, these back to what Hayden was saying about it happening in the last, like, literally, like, four or five years. Um, yeah, yeah, there is hope, because if we yeah. need to be the generation then, then well, the next yeah. generation of kids hope that we'll be yeah. more informed than we are. But, Thank you very much, both Hayden mm. and George. It's been such. I, I mean, I had no doubt it would be an interesting discussion, but it's been really, really, really brilliant. Um, and thank you for all the brilliant questions as well, because they really lead to the conversations. So